You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. Welcome to our series, Truth Be Told. Our goal is to have a deeper understanding and appreciation of the parables of Jesus. Jesus used images in order to harp and hammer and communicate a parable. And these things that he's using are familiar during their time. And I like about, uh, uh, this is what I like about Jesus, that uh, he is using similar stories and accounts in order to convey his message. So roughly about seven, six weeks ago, we did talk about the sower. How many of you appreciate, okay, the parable of the sower? And about uh, five, six weeks ago, we talked about the mustard seed. And I know that some of you here are probably not familiar with what a mustard seed is. It's a small seed, and the Word of God is compared to a mustard seed. Though it's small, it will get bigger. Amen? We would rather go uh, smaller and then get bigger, then bigger and eventually get smaller, okay? So I hope that you do understand that the kingdom of God will advance like a mustard seed. Though it's small, it will get bigger. Roughly about five weeks ago, we talked about the story of the prodigal son. And I don't know if you're familiar that this is not just a story of the prodigal son. This is also a story of the prodigal sons, the younger and the older brother. The younger squandered everything in wild living. Everything. He got the, uh, half the property from his father and squandered everything. That shows that he doesn't have a relationship with his father. In the same manner, the older brother... Though he was with his father, and we can probably um, assume that he has a relationship with his father, but when he told his father that all these years I've been working for you, he sees himself as a servant and not as a son because he sees his father as a master. Thus, this older brother probably doesn't have a relationship as well with his father. Both are what? Our prodigal sons. And about uh, four or five weeks ago, we did talk about the Good Samaritan. And I hope that we uh, did learn something from the story of the Good Samaritan, right? And we know that the great Samaritan is the Lord Jesus Christ. But when we talk about the good Samaritan, uh, it is really uh, what we expect from each and every one of us. We want to do what is good. How many of you here, you want to do what is good? Amen? Amen. Anybody who you want to do what is good? Or some, you, you want to do what is evil? Um, we want to do what is good. And our goodness is not really something that we do in order for us to win the attention of God. Do you understand? Because we have won the attention of God, we can't help but do good. We have gained the attention, the favor, and the affirmation of God. We can't help that our goodness is the byproduct of our relationship with God. It is not to win God. It is not to have a relationship with God. The reason why you're doing good, it is the byproduct of your encounter with God. And about uh, a week uh, or two weeks ago, we talked about the, the parable of the vineyard workers. And, and I hope you're familiar with the story that God is indeed what? Uh, uh, really, a God who... Uh, would uh, expect okay, um, his workers uh, that they would work uh, according to different uh, timelines. Uh, and yet, you see the response of the master. He rewarded um, them, uh, not accordingly, but uh, out of his generosity, that God wants to reward who he wants to reward. Because God okay, is a generous God. And about a week ago, we did talk about the parable of the ten minas. Did you enjoy the message last week? Did you enjoy? Just say yes, okay? So I'll be encouraged tonight, okay? Um, today we'll talk about the rich fool. And I like the story, but before we uh, unravel what the Lord has in store for us tonight, I want you to just open your Bibles right uh, with me and look chapter 13 or chapter 12, verse 13 to 21. Ready? The parable of the rich fool. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother 
to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul. Can you relate with me? I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Soul, relax. Soul, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night, your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Can we take this moment right now to dedicate uh, this uh, moment to the Lord? Heavenly Father, thank you for this message that you have blessed us tonight. I pray that each and every person will have a greater understanding that more than uh, the things and whatever we have accumulated while we are in this planet, this is not who define us. Lord, we know that we are aliens in this planet and we're citizens of heaven. Teach us to look beyond our lifetime. That everything that we do look at it is for your glory. That everything that we do look at is an investment in your kingdom. I pray that you bless each and every person. That you give them financial prosperity and financial breakthroughs in jesus name amen and amen and just like what i mentioned about a week ago in order for us to understand what a parable is we need to understand the context say the word context in order for us to understand the context we have to go back to chapter 12 verse 1 we're reading chapter 12 verse 13 chapter uh, 12 verse 1 it says right here in the meantime when so many thousands of people had gathered together that they were trampling one another he began to say to his disciples first jesus was telling his disciples beware of the leaving of the pharisees which is hypocrisy nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. Jesus is simply saying, lahat ng bagay, okay, mabubuking din ang, and lalabas ang katotohanan. This is what God is saying because the Pharisees during the, uh, this time, they, they are for external things to look good and to feel good. And God is simply saying, yes, I do understand uh, that you would want to look good externally, but what God is after is the condition of our hearts, that you look good internally. So the Pharisees during the, uh, this time are just so concerned with what is temporary, what is limited, uh, uh, what is really external. And God would want to use this as an entry point towards His message because out of the blue, somebody mentioned something. Do you understand? So the context of this is that God is simply saying that I want you to understand that life in this planet is not just external, it's not just temporal, it's not just what you can gain. I want you to think, if you do understand my kingdom, I want you to think beyond. And this is one of the things we have discovered when we came to know the Lord, before we used to live our lives based on the tenure that we have in this planet, the day that we, we, we have been born, and the day that we die. And this is what God is saying. That the context of this, based on the question of this man from the crowd, that said, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. 
And I just can't really understand, why would this guy use this opportunity to ask God, Lord, can you represent me? Did you tell everybody to what divide our properties? I mean, if you have a good relationship with your brother, can you just talk to your brother? Can we divide? Why don't we just bring this uh, really publicly in order for me okay, to validate that this is what I want and I want to use Jesus Christ as an arbitrator and judge? Look at this. God said, who made me a judge. I'm not, I'm not, and I should not be involved in this, uh, uh, really, proceedings. But we need to understand, God is simply saying, I'm not a judge over you, but we need to really be reminded again that the, ta- the time will come that Jesus Christ will be our great judge, right? Do you understand? But at this very moment, God doesn't want to indulge himself. Am I a judge? Am I an arbitrator? And he said to them, take care. And be on guard against all covetousness. So God was able to discern that his question was not just division of wealth. God sees his heart. There is something wrong with your heart. How many of you here at times that though the question is valid, you can feel that there is something fishy about this person. Do you understand? Because it takes one to know one. I'm just kidding. Okay. And this is what God felt. And this is why He wants to change probably His angle. He wants to change His message because of that question. Be on guard against covetousness. Because God would want to use this opportunity that came up. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of His possessions. God was beginning to craft His message. And God was doing it while probably He is what? He's delivering the message. That He delivers the message while preparing for the message. You understand? We're not doing it here in victory, okay? Only Christ can do that. We prepare for this. But Christ changed his approach when he saw that it's needed, that there was a man who wants to use me. And the reason why he would want to uh, really uh, harp on this and, and, and talk about this, because at the end of the day, nobody would admit to anyone that he's greedy. Probably your brother, your sister, or your husband, or your brother. I'm not greedy. Do you understand this? Because for the past few years of being a pastor, people have approached me that they're liars, that they're immorals, that they need prayers, and they have marital problems. Nobody for the past few years approached me, Pastor Ryan, I am greedy. Do you understand? Nobody, because you can't monitor the condition of your heart unless you are put in a situation and you do understand, now I realize I'm greedy. One of the things probably we have to take a closer look is that how many of you here at times... When you have so much money, you feel secured. When you have so much money, you don't, you don't walk, you glide. Yung dami kong pera, di ba? Mayaman ako, yung ganon. You feel the security. But if you have less, you're anxious. That your faith is a roller coaster. That your confidence is based on the money in your pocket. And there's something wrong with that. That when you have more, you're secured. You walk in security. But when you don't, you don't have much, you are what? You're anxious. So both ways are a product of our lack, what? Of faith in God. You trust your resources more than trusting God. Because when you don't have much, you're anxious. Just to feel good. Honestly, how many of you here are guilty? In the past. In the past. Not now. The Lord has perfected your life. That when you have... 10,000 pesos in your pocket, iba yung tindig mo yung... 
pag ang credit limit ng credit card mo is half million, iba, I'll, I'll, I can swipe anything. Do you, do you understand this? But if you have 10 pesos, you, you, you're close to God. <laughs> can you relate with me? You can worship God with all your heart. Amazing grace. Because at the end of the day, though yes, you're a worshiper of God, but if you check your heart and you go at the root of it, money has been your God. Because if your trust is in Christ, no amount of money can change how you see God and how confident you are that God will be there for you and He will provide for your needs. Amen. Amen. Can we give Him the glory? So Christ found this opportunity to be His teaching moment. I like this guy. He would want to use this opportunity to what? To reveal really the hearts of people, the conditions of their hearts, the motivations of their hearts. And this is what he said. He told them a what? A parable saying the land of a rich man produced plentifully. Wow. It yields so much fruits. And I, I hope you do understand that God is not against money. God, in fact, wants to bless your toil. God wants you to be happy. The book of Ecclesiastes has mentioned that God wants you to enjoy your work and your toil and your labor and your compensation and your Christmas bonuses. Amen. In Jesus' name. Do you understand? God wants to, what? See you happy. But if money is your God, that's another story. Because money can do more harm than good. In fact, it can stand in the way when it comes to your relationship with God. In fact, I have really seen people that the Lord has prospered their lives and really, they stop going to church. Do you understand? And I've seen poor people that has been, that has been poor for quite some time. It brought them closer to church and to God. So what can I assume? That God will what? Make us poor. Do you understand? That we walk in poverty so that we get closer to God because at the end of the day, it's not just about how blessed we can be. It's about how we can grow in our walk with God. That is the goal. This is why we want to uh, tell all of you here that the goal of Christianity is not that you prosper, that you're blessed, that you find a boyfriend. I don't care. My point is, biru lang, biru lang, I care. Um, <laughs> that you grow in your relationship with God. So the rich man produced plentifully. You know what's the reaction of this rich man? Are you ready? You know what he said? And he thought to himself, what shall I do? I, for I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul. It's all about I, me, myself, and I. Have you encountered people that yes, they ha- they're so successful and you can really feel and smell and hear at the tone of their voice that I'm better. These are all my hard work. These are all my toil. And, and at times we're like that. When people give us a pat on the back, that when people tell us you're doing a fantastic job and your response is that, it is by the grace of God, praise God. But deep in your heart, <laughs> it's me. <laughs> We're guilty of that, right? That we give God the glory, but deep in our hearts, we're taking the glory from God. And this is the kind of person that we need to be watchful of. We have to what? be reminded of this. That we take a closer look of our hearts. That at times, because of our accomplishments and how the Lord has blessed us with, that we, what? we overlook the person behind the wealth. 
This is what happened to him. He overlooked and he missed the person uh, behind his wealth. And this is one of the things that you have to be on guard. And this is why it is important that God mentioned be on guard against covetousness because you will eventually become greedy if you don't know where your what? Your wealth came from. So we have to always be reminded that our wealth comes from God. And our responsibility is to be stewards of God's what? Blessings. Let me clarify that once again. That God owns everything and we are mere stewards of it. God's ownership, man's stewardship. Is this clear? And the reason why most of the time you worry, because you feel like you're the owner. You know, when you're the owner of a company, all the bills is something that you should worry about. Growing up, I was with my dad. He's a businessman, my dad, my father. And we have different rooms in, in our company that my dad would go around and turn off all the air conditioning system. Why would he do that? Is he an employee or the owner? And I realized our employees would never care. I'm just kidding. I'm trying to exaggerate, okay? They enjoy the amenities that goes with it, but they don't really care to turn it off. Yes, I, I love them, but my dad would go around, check the lights and everything before he goes home because he's the owner. He knows that this is one way to really cut the cost. And the owner carries the burden of all the bills. If you are an employee, bahala si boss. And this is important. The reason why you're always anxious of your bills and the things that you need to pay because you feel like you're the owner of your money. It is important that we draw the line and say, God, you're the owner. I'm a steward of it. I will take care of what you have blessed me with. But Lord, when the going gets tough, the tough? No, the tough goes to God. Siyang owner Do you understand this? That when you have financial problems, boss, bayaran, electric bills, groceries, tuition fees, enrollment, boyfriend. No, 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 no. Do you understand? Because he owns everything. You know what I have experienced and what I have learned through the years when my kids would tell me and they would approach me and they would ask for expensive toys. They would ask. They love expensive things. And one of the things they realize that it's not me who will provide for what they want. It is God who will provide because he owns everything. So when they talk to me and tell me, Dad, this is what I want to buy, I would tell them, talk to God. (laughs) Because yes, they're my children. But to top it all, they're the children of God. So why do you feel the burden when your kids would ask you for something? Because you feel like you own them. These kids are lent by the Lord to you. So when they approach you, direct them to God. And this is one of the things I can't help but enjoy. That I don't carry the burden. Dad, wala pa bahala si Lord. Kausapin mo si Lord. God will bless you so that you can bless me. Say, Lord. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I'm teaching them to approach God. And the reason why you're always anxious, because you took on the responsibility that I'm the owner, I'm the steward, and let God bless my life. And I cannot help but we act at times the irony of the whole idea that we acknowledge that God deserves the 10%. But do you spend your 90% according to what God wants? Pag bumibili ka ng sapatos, tinatanong mo si Lord, Lord, diba? you have 50 pairs of fuchsia, dark fuchsia, light fuchsia, pink. I'm not talking about the women, okay? I'm not talking about the women, okay? 
I would always ask my wife, she's not here. Ano yan? Pink ba yan? Fuchsia. Ayan, eggplant. <laughs> Same color, but different names. I'm not against her, but I realize... I mean, I don't know if you're, you can relate when you see that huge signage, a four-letter word, sale. Diba? Up to 90%, up to. 10% lang pala lahat, isa lang yung 90%. Napansin nyo, nakakainis ano? Nakala ko 90% up to, sir. Diba? And, and there's this, this demonic force that pulls you towards those diba? mega sales. I just, I cannot, I can't resist it. I'm pulled by it. There's just so much gravity. And I don't know, you, you, you have what it takes to what justify that you need another eggplant. You, cannot, you, there's this, you, have a, you know how to reason with yourself. Have you ever asked God, every time you do something, with His money, not your money, with His salary that was given to you because you're not the owner, you're a steward of it. And the reason why we need to be reminded of this because there's a tendency to own what God has blessed us with. Remember this, that when you own something, you've put your faith on what you own. This is why you have anxiety. Anxiety ends when faith in God begins. The reason why you're anxious because you have found security in the things that you possess. And because of the abundance of it and the lack of it, it will shake your life. This is what I'm talking about. The reason why your temperament is erratic because your faith is based on the amount of money in your pocket. Ladies and gentlemen, the basis of all of this is a relationship with God. That though we have much or nothing to show for, God is our top priority. It is God who will affirm us. It is God who will give us the confidence. And it is God who will provide for our needs. Not our, not our, our, our businesses, not our career. It is God. And no matter what will happen to my finances, I know for sure that God will be with me every step of the way. Amen. Amen. Come on. So when you're anxious, and the Bible says, do not be anxious about anything. How many of you here, you've been anxious once in your life? You're in the middle of the day, 3 a.m. in the morning, you'll wake up, oh, iPhone 7. You're going on? You, you can't help. But, but, but think of these things and you worry. In the Word of God says that when you, you're anxious about anything, and we can stop ourselves from being anxious, but in everything by prayer. You're acknowledging that when you pray, God, not my will, but your will be done. You're in control of this. When you pray, you're simply, God, I've been so caught up with, with the things that I'm worried, I'm anxious. Can you keep your, your, you can keep your distance and you allow God, Lord, can, can I give you space to work on this? And the, the best part is that you're not only praying, but with thanksgiving. Some of you, the reason why you're anxious and you're worried, because you're so caught up with what's next. What do I need to buy? What is the next, next pursuit? You, you overlook thanking God of what happened in the past. Thanking God for your promotion. Thanking God for your finances. Thanking God for your children. Thanking God for your health. Thanking God for your husband. <laughs> thanking God for, wow, what's wrong, okay? Thanking God for what took place in the past. Why? Because when you thank God, you're reminded that if God has brought you this far, He will take you further. God will never take you this far. I mean, it's ridiculous. I will bless you and kill you. you no, nobody would do that. Right? I will take you because there's a future ahead of you. 
So the more you thank God, the more napapasalamat po tayo sa Panginoon, the more that our faith grows. Instead of trusting what we have, we trust God because we have witnessed the power of God in the past. Amen! Amen. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and everything and I will say to my soul, Soul! That's the name of his? That's the name of his? Soul. Kanina pa eh. Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Soul, relax. Eat, drink, and be merry. This is a response of somebody who, doesn't, who does not only understand where his wealth came from, but he does, he does not understand or he doesn't know the purpose of his wealth. Not just the person, but why wealth was given. If you don't understand how, why wealth was given, it will hurt you. Because you know what will uh, uh, really... Um, be the byproduct of this is that wealth will tell you I'm here for your comforts and your entertainment and I have yet to uh, probably remind myself over and over again and I know you can relate with me that there's no one who can honestly say that because of too much money I'm enjoying life because if you don't have God even if you're well provided every, I mean if, if everything is given in the absence of God everything is a chaos but even though you don't have much in the midst of the presence of God, everything can be comforting. That is what we need. And that is the greatest lie of the enemy. That, that we overlook the purpose why God has blessed us. And the reason why God has blessed us because God is communicating something that our, our, the goal of, of financial prosperity and the wealth that we have is not just for us to eat, drink, and be merry. The goal is that for us to use our treasures for what God ultimately treasures. Now, I want you to understand, what was the greatest possession of our Father in heaven? His kingdom? No. What was His greatest possession? His Son, Jesus Christ. And I just can't fathom or imagine, why would He let go? His possession. His one and only begotten Son. Begotten? Mayaman ng Panginoon. Oh, no, 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 no. That's, that's out of context, okay? One and, uh, one and begotten Son. He gave away His Son, His precious possession. You know why He wants to give His best? Because He wants to communicate to you that your value is in the amount paid. Masisiyahan ka kaya? Binayaran ka? Anong tumubos ang kasalanan mo? Baboy. Ay, nako. Di ba yung ganon? Sino tumubos sa'yo? Ipis. Yung ganon? No. Do you understand? You won't feel good. Di ba? Your, your price tag is, is an insect. Nobody would be happy with that. You would never feel your value. How much did your buyer pay for you? Libre. It doesn't feel right. But God showed okay, His greatest possession and He paid us with His Son. And that's how valuable you are on your value is dependent on the amount paid. Do you understand this? How valuable you are. Amen. Amen. Can we give Jesus the glory for that? I don't know if you're familiar of this story, the Schindler's List. His name is Oscar Schindler. In fact, I went to Israel roughly about a month ago and I visited the Holocaust Museum. And this is a true story. Oscar Schindler was a German industrialist. He is also a spy for, for Hitler. And member of the Nazi party. How many familiar with Hitler? Hitler. He was really uh, given the honor and, and the, um, 
probably the accolade of saving 1,200 Jews during the Holocaust. In 1939, Oskar Schindler uh, acquired uh, a factory in Poland, which he employed 1,750 workers, of whom 1,000 were Jews. And a company in, in the, the factory is not earning that much, but, but he wants to use his company, though he's a German, to what? To get more and employ more Jews to save them so that he can give them an exit pass for their freedom. This guy is not a Christian. It is slapped on our face that somebody would have a burden for the Jews. Make a long story short, he would pay a lot of money just to acquire more Jews to work in his factory. And he was asked, why would you do such thing? He answered, if you see a dog going to be crushed under a car, wouldn't you help him? Ladies and gentlemen, we're Christians. We're a product of what Jesus did on the cross. Do we have a burden just like Oscar, who's not even a Christian? Will we use whatever we have for the purpose of God? Will we use money to bring people to the kingdom of God? I want you to know and let me remind you that you cannot bring money to heaven, but you can send people to heaven with your money. That is my prayer for all of us. The greatest pleasure is to use your treasure for other people's pleasure. Some of us here, we would want to serve our agendas and what we want, what we think. There is nothing wrong buying a ticket and going somewhere else to take a vacation with your family. God wants you to be happy. But if you think money was given, to serve whatever you want, you're getting it all wrong. Because one of the things I realize in life, happiness and joy can only be derived when you do things that pleases God with your money. You know that there are things that you have procured, you bought in the past, that for five minutes you're enjoying that item that you bought for yourself. But after five days, that's another story. Hindi mo na pinapansin, Can you relate with me? Some of the things that we have, some of the things that we own. Because that joy is not eternal. But to see somebody turn to God because of the money that you have, it is a joy that cannot be compared to anything. You know, the person who discipled me, the reason why probably, and I don't know if you're blessed with my life, I assume you are. Somebody went out of his way, stuck his neck out every single day would meet me in the canteen, talk to me, do one-to-one with me, disciple with me. Some of you are not familiar with this person. Because he's, he's, not, he's not even a, a minister. But he was available and he used his time, resources, and money just for me to come to know the Lord. I thank the Lord that though, yes, people would thank me. I mean, Pastor Ryan, I want to commend you for, for, for being a blessing to this church. But I'm telling you right now, I hope that I can introduce the person who brought me to the Lord because of that, my life has never been the same again. The problem is that when we don't understand the purpose of money, the money will always give you this empty uh, promise. Money would want you to covet money. Do you understand this? Money promises, get me. You know why? Money wants you to get money. Money would always tell you, get me. Because when you get me, I'll get you. If you don't understand the purpose of money, money will control you. If you don't see, it is a tool 
Ladies and gentlemen, some of us here probably might not understand this, but for about 10, 15 years ago, I was struggling with my finances. I'm having a hard time giving really what's due to God. In fact, before I came to the door, I struggled putting money in that, in that offering bag. I'm not here to, to ask everybody that, that this message is about you giving to the church. I don't really care. Why? Because we don't need your money. Our goal is that to create an environment where you experience God's love. Because once you experience God's love, you can't help but give. Remember, you give to what you value. Now, I'm not here to convince anyone. I don't know if you have observed that we don't put so much time in our tithes and offering to convince everybody you give to this church because you don't give, you will be cursed. We don't do that. Our job is to create an environment where you grow in your relationship with God because when you grow, you give. But if you don't want to give, we will still serve you. We will still love you. Now, going back about 10, 15, 20 years ago, I, I was struggling putting money in that offering bag because money was controlling my life. Now, I realize if you control money, you talk to money. Money, I control you. You go to that offering bag. Money, I control you. I give you to this person. Money, I control you. I will bless this person. Because I control money. Money doesn't control me. And money is a tool for me. Thus, I tell money where to go. The problem, the reason why we can't let it go. Because money is controlling us. Napansin nyo ba, may mga kakilala kayo na pagka nagbitaw ng piso, nagiging diamond, due to pressure. <laughs> and that is why they can't let it go. And they're not blessed. Because for God to bless you, you need to have an open palm. And in giving, you can what achieve an open palm so that you can take. People thought that in giving, they will lose something. No, in giving, you're gaining something. God wants us to understand that God is not interested with our money. You know why? God is interested your, with your money because money is close to your heart. God is interested with your heart. But because your heart is close to your money, He will use money to shake your heart. Do you understand this? Anything that is close to your heart will be shaken. This is why God said to this man, Fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things He have prepared... Whose will they be? Lahat ng pinaghirapan mo, kanino mabubunta yan? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. That if you lay things for yourself and you invest in this temporary world, okay, you're not rich toward God. This is why God is reminding us tonight, okay, that our investment should be after life. But if you're not a Christian, your life is the day that you were born and the day that you will die. You invest in all of these things. Napansin mo ba? Pag alam mo na this is the only life that you have, that there is no such thing as afterlife, you tend to hold on the things. But when you know that this is a what? A temporary assignment. You won't last long. You're only taking a vacation. You're not from here. The Word of God says that you are an alien. Look at the person on your right. She looks like one, right? <laughs> Bring me to your master. <laughs> no, no. Kidding aside, you are not from here. If you're not from here and you're from the other side, you invest where you're going, right? Amen. Come on now. You lay up treasures in heaven because that is your what? Your citizenship. Yes. This is why God is saying, don't worry. He said to His disciples, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about life. What you will eat nor about your body what you will put on. 
people who who doesn't understand that there is life after this life, merong natawag na eternity, and they only see the things, okay? While they're alive in this planet, they would they would be con- conscious of the food, of the clothing, of, of of the things that they can acquire. But this is nothing compared to what God has prepared for us. So if you're here, yung everyday, yung your word while you're eating your lunch, ano ka kakainin ko dinner? Adobo. Do you understand? Chicken joy, happy meal. Yung because you consume only, you don't talk, you don't think about what's next. This life has been given by the Lord to us to prepare us for the afterlife. This is a dress rehearsal. The 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 the, the real what uh, really um, show will be after this life. This is a pit stop. So do not be anxious. For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Why it's more than? Because there's another life. And when you realize there's a life after this life, that we invest in the things above, instead of having so much grip, you lose in your grip. Yes, this is not my life. This is why it is important that we do understand if God has given us eternity. Eternity is beyond what you can ever think or fathom. Can't He bless us while we're alive? That His life is nothing compared to the guarantee that God has given us that He will take care of all of us. That when we die any moment from now, we have a life after this. If God can take care of our future, can't He take care of your today? So I hope that you will not be anxious, you will not worry, you will not feel insecure if God will provide. This is only a portion of God's plan. This is only a chapter of that book. If He can take care of your future, He can take care of every single day. So what's the point of the parable? The point of the parable is to create a story that will help us understand that there is a person behind, there's a purpose, and to top it all, to draw really the conditions of our hearts, the motivations of our hearts. Ano po nilalaman ng puso natin? And this is what's written right here in Luke 12, 32. We read 13 to 21. Now, the next paragraph. It's not an accident why Jesus would mention, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. God is excited to bless our lives. Amen. As a father... Almost every Christmas, I want my kids to open their gifts on uh, uh, every 25th of December. But at times, I'm tempted to open it uh, in, in the 8th of December. December 8th, nagbubukas na kami. Kasi I'm excited to see the reactions, right, Benj? <laughs> Say yes. <laughs> because I can't help but, but long for and, and, and really look for that reaction. That when they open something that I have blessed them with, it's a blessing to the Father. Ladies and gentlemen, God wants to bless you. The question is, do you know who blessed you? Do you know the purpose? Because when you know all of these things, I mean, God is really ready to unleash what He wants to bless you with. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail where no thief approaches and no moth destroys, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. God is simply saying, if you do understand that there is life after life, you will invest in this afterlife. That you will invest 
in the things above. That you will invest in the things that will not, that will not spoil. Where rust and moth cannot destroy. Remember this, our hearts follow what we value. So if you value your relationship with God, you value the kingdom of God, all the things that you have will lean towards it. Remember this, whatever you invest to, probably is your God. Do you understand what a God is? Some of us, our image of a God is an icon, an image that you bow down to. You have to be cautious. You have to be watchful. That at times, this is our God. Can I look good? Because if you don't look good, you don't feel complete. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong looking good. But if this is your God, where you're consumed, it will take you one week to fix your face. Yung talagang hirap. May point. You want to look good. You want to dress well. Yes, I do understand that, that you want to be present. Uh, you want to look good and be uh, presentable. But is this really what God values? That whatever God values, whatever God is for, and He's always for the people that are lost, and, and He's always for uh, really His, uh, His kingdom to advance. Are you leaning towards it? Because our desire to do the things that pleases God is a proof that we are followers of Christ. So question yourself what God values. And we did talk about this. You know what is important to Him? The person beside you. The person that, that He wants to come to know Him. Look at this. Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet, I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of this. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will He clothe you, O you of little faith? God wants to take care of us. But my question with you right now, is your security in what you have in your pocket? Or your anxiety because you have nothing to show for? Whether we have much or not at all, we put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and that will not change. Remember when you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, that's the only possession that will not be taken away from you, your relationship with God. They can take everything, but they cannot take your relationship with God away from you. You can spend everything, you can drive a nice car, you can live in a nice house, your relationship with God remains the same. You die, your relationship with God will remain the same. That's the only thing you can bring to heaven, your relationship with God. And I hope you invest in that relationship as well. Remember this, when we widen our horizon and we think eternally, everything that we will be doing and everything that we will invest to is always for eternity. Yes, you buy nice clothes, uh, nice clothes and you buy nice things. But my question with you right now, after buying all of these things, tell me, look at me in the eye, after two weeks, do you still feel yung joy and elation? Yung tuwang tuwaka? Bumili ka ng wig, yung ganda. After two weeks, wala din yan. Mas, mas okay palang kalbo. Yung ganon? So, ganda ah, Yung tuwang tuwa kayo. Um, uh, you, you buy a nice watch. Rubber shoes. Pagbago yung sapatos mo, you don't, just like what I mentioned, you don't walk. Yung, lagang, di ba yung pag may, after that, you don't feel the groove. I mean, because these are temporary. And some of you here who has been around, you know that. Na wala rin kwenta. Panandali ang kaligayahan lang. And for some of you here struggling in the same area that you want to acquire more things, be my guest. But alam nyo, when you invest these things 
and what you have and everything, knowing that God, tomorrow, next week, and next month, and all these things will not matter. Will I invest every single day on the things that matter? Remember, you can bring money to heaven, but you can send people with your money to heaven. I hope we think like that. Remember laying up treasures in heaven. Looks forward to the pleasures of heaven. When you're investing towards where you're going, you look forward to it. I want you to imagine right, right now a father who's abroad sending money home. Oh, kamusta? May bubong na? May pintuan na? You're looking forward to where your money is going, to where your investments are going. And this is my prayer for all of us that we will be excited of eternity. We will be excited of heaven because all of our investments will be rewarded. You know what I'm looking forward to someday? That for a lot of you here that are giving to our Titan offering and to our endeavors here. I mean, some of you here, you're saying, I'm, I'm just giving. No. A lot of people came to know the Lord because of your giving. You don't have any idea how many people came to know Him because of your giving. You don't have any idea. You know, when I went to Israel, somebody blessed one of our missioners, people part of the team. And he was able to share the gospel to a Jewish person, to an atheist, to a universalist, to a Scientologist, who said, I need Jesus in my life. I don't know where to begin, Ryan. But I need God. Sabi ko, Lord, sana yung nagbigay, marinig nila to. A week ago, somebody approached me, you know what, Pastor, thank you for, for praying for me. Alam mo, pagdating ng bahay, sinabi ko kay tatay, mahal ko siya, and I was able to preach the gospel to our family. They came to know the Lord. The impact of investing in the kingdom of God and seeing people come to know the Lord is something that I want all of you to experience. That when you allow your life to be used by God, it will be the greatest joy that you can experience in life. Truth be told, ladies and gentlemen, that all of us are invited to invest into the, into the things above. And I do pray that if you have not come to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, hindi mo Panginoon. You know the proof na hindi mo pakilala ang Panginoon? Kasi if you die tonight, you don't know where you're going. Yung sagot mo minsan, mabait naman ako. No. A person who has a relationship with God knows where he is going. If you're not confident of that, it, it shows na hindi mo pakilala ang Panginoon. Kasi kung kilala mo ang Panginoon, you are guaranteed where you're going. You know, my son knows. After this, he knows where we are going. We have a relationship. We're going to heaven, right? No, 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 I'm just kidding. Oh, they were. He knows. And I do pray that for those of you who has experienced God, ask yourself, Lord, how much is enough? Let me ask that once again. How much is enough? How much is enough? Lord, do you want me to be blessed and to enjoy everything that, that, that I have acquired? Yes, God wants you to enjoy. Anak ng Panginoon, ang problema, the things that God has blessed you with has robbed you away from God. It's painful to God that if I'm a father, I would give my son a toy and it's causing him so much time that we can't even have some time. There's a big problem. A lot of us are like that. What God has blessed us with has robbed us away from God. I pray that you will not be condemned. You will feel God's love for you. 
calling you to be back to Him. Because when God is not present, peace will not be present. You will work, you'll go home, you'll be back home. You don't feel any security. I do pray that you will feel that security. Can we bow our heads and close our eyes? Heavenly Father, thank you for tonight for allowing us to look at the Savior, your message that each and every person will use whatever we have and resources that we have to invest into your kingdom. That everything that we'll be doing, Lord God, and all the resources that you have blessed us with will pave the way for, for people to come to know Jesus. Lord, with my family members, with my friends, with the people around me, use what I have so that people will come to know Jesus Christ. I want all of us to raise our hands across the room. I will pray that the Lord will bless your life. Lord, I pray that you bless the lives of these people. Lord, I pray for financial breakthrough. Lord, I know that if they're blessed financially, they will be a blessing. That I don't have, Lord God, to tell everybody or, or everyone in this room to, to give, to be, to be generous. Lord, I know that they are generous. Lord, we're asking that you increase their income, that you bless their lives, that they will not doubt and they will not put their hope in what they have and what they own and what they're receiving. Lord, our hope is in Christ and we trust you. You can put down your hands as we bow our heads and close our eyes. If you are that person saying, Pastor, alam ko yung sinasabi mo, wala akong Panginoon sa puso ko. It's hard to admit, but Pastor, I want to be honest. I want to start all over again. Gusto ko ng bagong panimula. As we bow our heads and close our eyes, if you're saying, I want to start and I want God to be a part of my life. I don't want money to control my life. I don't want materialism to control my life. I want to have a relationship with God tonight. This is not an accident and I want you to pray this prayer after me. Say this after me. Say this, Jesus. Say this after me. Jesus, I repent from all known sins and I want to follow you for the rest of my life. Jesus, come into my life. Be the God of my life. Be there for me. 